Hey guys, what's up? I just wanted to start off this podcast with Lockdown Universe and just say a humongous thank you to everybody who's been listening this year. We've got thousands upon thousands of listeners listening each week, and we are super excited. And I wanted to offer you guys something brand new. It's a small business partnership. So we would give you guys the opportunity to sponsor your small business with the podcast, and I'll do an advertisement for you if you're interested. We'd love to help you out. Feel free to uh, email me at LockdownUniverse at Gmail or send me a message on Facebook or on Instagram. Uh, we can get you started for as little as $50 and get you get you going, get you up right away. And you'll be able to reach thousands upon thousands of listeners uh, throughout the year. So feel free to hit me up and we'll get you started. Now let's get to that podcast. Thank you. Welcome back to Lockdown Universe, some of the bizarre, peculiar, and unheard of stories of UFO legend and lore. Welcome back, guys. Hopefully you're doing well. Hopefully you're taking care of yourself, staying healthy, staying, uh, you know, in in your own uh, interests and fields and, and uh, you know, finding some excitement in your life. Uh, today, I have an interesting story that uh, I haven't even heard of. You know, there's still stories out there that... Even somebody who's been doing UFO research for over 25 years still hasn't heard. So <clears throat> I came across a really interesting account, and I wanted to share it with you guys. It occurred in 1973 up in New Hampshire. So it's not a lot of stories that we have from New Hampshire now. It is one of the smaller states, so, but nonetheless, they have their own UFO uh, alien encounters, and this one is sure to satisfy. Uh, it's very interesting. So it occurred in the early morning hours of Friday, November 2nd, 1973. Now, this article comes to us from Thoughts of... Hmm, hang on. It's not wanting to give it to me. Thoughts of now a researcher something like that. Um, but the woman's name was Lind Lindia Lindia Morrill, uh, who worked as a masseuse in Manchester, New Hampshire, at the Swedish Sauna. Now that's an actual name of a company. Swedish sauna and she clocked out and left work at about 2.45 a.m. So it's pretty pretty late or early depending on which way you look at it and she briefly stopped to have coffee with a friend and then got some gas before she headed out onto the interstate and started to head home to nearby Goffstown which was about eight miles west of the city of Manchester. So here we have 2.45 a.m. in the morning. You know, lots of stuff happens at, you know, at, at this time. You know, from, you know, after midnight till 5 a.m., super dark out, nobody's out, perfect time for an alien ship to come down and abduct somebody. So <clears throat> it was about this time that she reached the outskirts of Manchester on the Highway 114, when a bright light in the sky caught her attention. So the further she drove, the closer and brighter the object became. It flashed yellow, red, blue, and green colors. So kind of all the colors of the rainbow, it seems like. And she thought it was slightly odd, but nonetheless wrote it off as a planet or a star in her mind. And I guess that's fair, because a lot of these planets and stars, they 
they reflect different colors. They're red and green and, you know, twinkle in the night sky. If you ever sit outside and look up at the stars, you'll see, you know, every, well, not every star, but some stars will twinkle all these different colors. So I guess it's a fair assessment, right? And so she wrote it off, thinking nothing of it. Uh, and she started to reach the intersection of highways 114 and 114A when the light seemingly blinked out. And then it reappeared again in the same position of the sky uh, where she had gone through the intersection. So this thing kind of blinked out and kind of maneuvered over <clears throat> a fair amount of degrees and was kind of chasing her, it seemed like, at this point. It was at this time she realized the object... Whatever type of craft it was, was following her, and a craft, this type of craft she had never seen before. So what's really interesting is, this thing, they have a picture of it on here, and they have a picture of the occupant as well. So, this craft became, became, became bigger, brighter, and closer, and soon this bright orb was so close she could she could actually make out the details of the object and it was right in front of her car. <clears throat> it was orange and gold colored uh, and it was a sphere with a hexagon pattern that looked of like a honeycomb. So, and in the picture it has a honeycomb pattern to it. So there you have it. Um, and it appeared to have an oval window towards the top facing her facing her as she's in her car, and the red and green and blue colored flashes seemed to be coming from the middle of the object, and she now noticed a high-pitched sound emanating from the object. Now, at this time, Lindia reported that she couldn't uh, remove her hands from her car steering wheel, and she felt like the object had taken control of her will and her vehicle. As the car's speed increased, it started going past the West Lawn Cemetery, and the object drew closer. When roughly a few hundred feet away, Lindia could make out a strange humanoid figure in the oval window. So she described this creature as a smallish humanoid behind some sort of console. So he's working on a console, obviously controlling the ship, and the figure had a round grayish head, a wrinkled face, and a downward-turned slit of a mouth. So, <clears throat> in the picture, it just kind of looks like a frowning mouth. The way I read it, it seemed like it was like a vertical mouth. But the, it's more of, a, in the picture anyway, it's a horizontal mouth, kind of downturned on both sides, kind of like he's frowning, or she's frowning. Um, it had two large, oversized eyes with dark pupils. And it was at this point she felt that the being was trying to telepathically send her a message. A message to not be afraid. Uh, however, Lindia at this point was obviously terrified, right? <clears throat> so at this, at this point, her car starts to slow down and turning into the driveway of a house just after the cemetery. So it seems as though this, this alien had taken over the control of her car, turned it into a house just past the cemetery, and Lindia jumped, was able to get out of her car, jumped out of her car, not paying attention to the German shepherd that was barking at her, and she pounded on the door, ringing the doorbell, yelling for help, as at this time she was in hysterics. In the meantime, the object had positioned itself across from the house, hovering above the tree line, still emitting a high-pitched sound like she had heard earlier. 
Finally, the residents of the home, Mr. and Mrs. Baudouin, uh, came to the door, puzzled by what's going on, and uh, she, they met Lydia cowering and covering her ears, saying that the UFO was after her. The, the couple who owned the home looked around the sky and could not see anything, and they could not hear anything unusual either. The object had disappeared at this point. All appeared to be quiet and still as any other night. So uh, the couple uh, phoned police for this hysterical Lindia, and shortly thereafter, a Goffstown officer, Daniel Jubinville, arrived at the house. He found Lindia's car was in the driveway with lights on and the motor still running. And after going in and listening to Lindia's report, he wrote he wrote it down. I uh, wrote down the report, and uh, she did, and he reported that she did not did not appear to be under the influence of alcohol or drugs. It was noted sometime after the incident that the planet Mars was at its brightest point in the western part of the sky where Lindia had witnessed the craft. However, that did not explain the other aspects of the account and the events that she saw, including the alien, excuse me, <coughs> the alien inside the craft. <clears throat> so... That kind of brings us to the end of the article. Now, there's a couple points to, you know, point out here. One is the shape of the craft is unlike many other craft that we've heard of, or at least I've heard of. I've only heard of or seen or listened to reports of one other encounter, which I think was the uh, the Japan flight. Um, it might have been in the 70s as well, um, of these huge walnut-shaped like craft that seem that might have you know they seem to have a pattern like a hexagonal like pattern uh or honeycomb like they say in this particular event um in the ufo hunter show that i watched about it i think it was called giant ufos was the title so you can look that up and watch it if you want uh but they talked about this <clears throat> and it, those were huge ufos this would this is definitely much smaller in comparison to those but Similar in size, uh, similar in shape and texture. Now, those giant UFOs in the UFO hunter showed they did not. The witnesses uh, who were pilots piloting uh, an aircraft at the time at thirty thousand feet did not see any windows or occupants. And in, in this case, she did. Lindia saw uh, the occupant and close enough to where she was able to see what the what the creature actually looked like. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm like looking at houses around my house. And to be able to see somebody, you know, somebody's distinctive features, you know, would have to be relatively close. I'm looking across the street and, you know, that house is, you know, a few hundred feet away. That craft must have been pretty dang close for her to be able to see this thing, Um, you know, and lit from the inside to be able to see it um, in a way that she was able to see the front. Because if it was lit from the back... You wouldn't be able to see the details of the of the front of the person, right? So a lot of these craft are discussed by abductees as having light that comes from everywhere. So that must have been the case in this particular instance as well, where there was light reflecting from the front of this alien individual so she could see him or her. Uh, so the other thing is, you know, that this is a, a particularly uh, interesting event because this creature doesn't have a lot of the characteristics of many aliens that have been discussed in, in the past. It doesn't have gray alien, you know, like 
um, the small gray characteristics where they're three feet tall, you know, and, and they're very definitive. She's not describing those guys. Those guys don't have wrinkly down faces and, you know, turned down uh, mouth and, and, you know, these black pupils that she saw in this guy. Um, they do have like the large oval shape, but this, this one seems, according to her description and according to the picture, it doesn't look like, um, like a small gray, doesn't look like a, a reptilian, and it almost looks, yeah, I mean, they show the wrinkles in the face. No one ever talks about wrinkles when they're talking about grays. So this sounds like it's a different alien species altogether, which is really interesting because now, you know, we can start kind of putting together a chart of aliens that we've talked about and heard about and read about <clears throat> and people have reported and kind of come to a conclusion on at least how many, you know, abductees have different alien species abducting them and kind of start getting an idea about you know what their characteristics are their height you know their capability what they've done what they've talked about with abductees and it would be that would be a really interesting chart to see to be able to start detailing down these you know uh, these characteristics of each species and what they discuss with the abductees uh, it seems to be you know that some have different conversations than others um, we've heard about different species talking about asking abductees where their subconscious is you know things like that where it's very specific and very different than you know the typical don't worry you know message telepathically given by a lot of alien species especially in this case the same thing <clears throat> don't worry everything's gonna be fine you're not gonna be hurt da 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 um, but in other cases, they give information. They tell people where they're from and, you know, um, a little bit of information about, you know, their technology or whatever the case is. Some aliens even show them their ship, you know. So there's there's a lot of information to grab from different alien abduction stories. In this case, really interesting, you know, information about the craft, the outside texture, the occupant inside. Um, didn't get a lot of detail about, you know, a communication other than this alien communicated to not worry. So that's really all we got in this particular case. So, uh, you know, it makes you wonder, I mean, why would the alien come down and, and try to talk to this, this woman and not abduct her? You know, it almost makes you wonder if she actually was abducted and just didn't have the time to, to remember it or go into, uh, you know, hypnotic regression and find out. So, you know, that could be something that actually did occur and she just hasn't, hasn't, uh, you know, come across it yet in her memory uh, or doesn't want to go into hypnotic regression, which is totally understandable at the same time. So, so there you have it. A very interesting case from 1973 in New Hampshire. Uh, you know, we're always finding really interesting stories and trying to bring them to you, uh, I like to find ones that I haven't heard of before because then it brings <laughs> it brings new information to myself and I'm not repeating other people's podcasts that you know you, you may have heard and hopefully you're getting some new information and new stories here. So anyway guys, I hope you're doing well. Uh, I'm wrapping up my day so uh, apologies for not having as much energy as I normally do but uh, I'm, I'll be back at it. Uh, hopefully in the next day or two here to, to bring you another story. Uh, in the meantime, take care of yourself, stay safe, 
Uh, hopefully you're taking care of your spiritual, physical, and emotional and mental health, uh, following through on your hobbies and goals and your dreams, and as always, continue to question the universe around you. Until next time, take care, and Lockdown Universe is out.